We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Hey, hey, man, what's this for? Chump, well, I'm talking to you. Oh, what, you deaf or something? Talking to the fucking air. My name ain't Chump, it's Billy Hoyle. <laughs> Billy Hoyle. Billy Hoyle. Billy Hoyle. Okay, Billy. Now, can you count to ten, Billy? Yeah. Good. What's the score, Billy? I don't know. Then you're a chump. I mean, be a chump. I just said that wasn't my name. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. Today, we're doing another episode of Real Debates. Early on in this podcast, back in the trouble with the script days, we talked White Man Can't Jump with Joe Kinsey from Busted Coverage. I was talking with a fellow Blue Wire host, Ricky Smith, who co-hosts Random Acts of Podcasting, and he had a heater of a White Man Can't Jump take on it being both the best and worst basketball movie. So I got him on here to break down that take. We had some audio issues. There's a bit of echo, but uh, it's, a, it's a pretty fun episode. Again, I, I really like this Real Debates format. I want to keep bringing that to you guys. So if that's something you're enjoying, uh, this episode and the one we did on Hoosiers with Patrick Claibon, uh, you know, please let me know what you think. I, I would love to, uh, to keep doing these Real Debates formats if that's something you guys are enjoying. Some exciting news. Big Screen Sports is now a featured podcast on the iTunes Source Film Review section. And that is thanks to everyone who's rated and reviewed. I, I know I you know I know it annoys people with every single podcast everywhere always asking for those ratings and reviews. But for some weird reason that they do help this podcast grow. Um, that that's how Apple Podcast determines their charts. So you know everyone who's rated and reviewed, I really appreciate that. If you haven't yet and you're enjoying this podcast, you know please go tap that five star review. Help the podcast continue to climb the charts. Reminder, starting next Monday, December 2nd, we are starting DCOM December. That's Disney Channel Original Movie December. We're starting off with Brink, and we should be finishing the year with High School Musical. So if you're a DCOM fan or just like when people talk about unrealistic sports movies, please tune in. But for now, let's get to real debates on White Man Can't Jump with Ricky Smith. 
All right, joining me today for this edition of Big Screen Sports Real Debates, I'm joined by Ricky Smith. He's the co-host of Random Acts of Podcasting on the Blue Wire Network and also founded the nonprofit Random Acts of Kindness. Ricky, thank you so much for joining me today. No, thanks for having me, man. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Big fan, actually, of the podcast. And um, I'm actually a huge sports movie guy, so it's it's kind of a cool... Um, um, uh, intersection that you have that you got going on so definitely definitely a fan yeah well i can't imagine this is going to be the only time you're on the podcast but before we we break down a debate you, you got a pretty good take on white man can't jump uh tell me about your podcast which you guys just launched on blue wire and then if you have a minute tell me also about your nonprofit. yeah so me and my uh good friend angel gray who is the sideline reporter for the cleveland cavaliers uh, have a podcast called Ran- random acts of podcasting um just that we talk a little about sports but I'm pretty random, and uh, I'm a comedian, TV writer, a bunch of random shows. So us together just have um, some interesting takes and, and views on society, life, and sports, and uh, we kind of cover them. We, the last episode, we just talked about how and why uh, two plumbers, Mario Brothers, were trying to save a princess repeatedly when they were nothing uh, but plumbers, not distant plumbers, but definitely not the the the. the the background needed to go save a princess um, repeatedly. Um, yeah, so entertaining yet random stuff that uh, we talk about and just have fun. And then the nonprofit, uh, the play Random Acts of Podcasting, play off of my nonprofit, Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, which is uh, six years old, started it just to really inspire and motivate people to kind of um, get out there and help people. Um, we've done things like sock drives nationwide. We've done, uh, you know, pop-up parties at retirement homes we've adopted dogs etc cetera, etc cetera. but keeping it fun keeping it fun and light and just trying to inspire people you know across the world to just simply be a little bit more kind but in a fun way well that's awesome awesome stuff definitely check them out again you know part of the uh the blue wire network but today we are here to talk about a take you have about white man can't jump obviously the 1992 basketball comedy starring wesley snipes and woody harrelson for me it's an all-star borderline hall of fame movie covered it way back when the podcast was called trouble with the script uh that's a you know we try to keep the episodes evergreen so you can go back and check that out but ricky you have you have an interesting take on it when i when i reached out to you about coming on the podcast you mentioned, you know, and, and and I wanted to talk about this first instead of just doing a movie straight up. You told me that you think The White Man Can't Jump is simultaneously the best basketball movie and also the worst basketball movie. So walk me through that. Why? First of all, why is it the best? Well, just because of all the basketball movies and, and over the course of time, and I could be wrong, but there's not many that handle street ball in California. Um, it deals with gambling. It deals with um, uh, addiction. Um, it deals with just uh, racial um, stereotypes, uh, good and bad. Um, and it just has so many different elements, underlying themes that you wouldn't imagine from a simple basketball movie. Just watching it first, uh, you know, first time through. And it was things that you know, the, the title alone at the time. I'm a little older. I remember being a um, little edgy. Just the fact that white man can't jump. If you didn't see it, you know, some people. Who want to argue or get mad about everything where i remember some people upset about the name saying oh what if it was a movie about you know black guys can't swim or something like that so even within the name of being fun was still a little controversy and uh so to me it was kind of cutting edge without being too cheesy and too uh too 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 silly here um describing it if you will 
and that element to me was just kind of cool. There's quotes in there that you always remember, you know, um, uh, you know, you can't hear, um, uh, miles or not miles, uh, um, Jimmy, um, just different quotes. It was different things, quotables at the time, even fashion. I mean, those guys were wearing, I always think about we're going to sizzler is one of my, one of my favorite in the beginning when they think they're hustling him. And it's just stuff like that. Like Woody Harrelson's in that, that, that role where he's, he, uh, he was doing a lot of cheers, but he just started. That was the first role where you kind of see him acting a little bit different. He was kind of out of the dumb character, if you will, that we knew him from. And, and it just was, I don't know, it was a fun time, but it was a good movie. Like, if it comes on, you're going to watch it. It's memorable Wesley Snipes. I mean, at the time, I don't think they were two huge powerhouses that they became. So even that was kind of, like, cool to look back and see, you know, what these guys become and what they've done. Yeah, Wesley Snipes was just coming off Major League and New Jack City. I think New Jack City came out either the same year or a year before this. But White Man Can't Jump is, I think, at the time, was probably the, one of the most unique basketball movies that's ever come out. And I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, 30 years later, I think it's probably still extremely unique. There's really nothing in that street ball space and the the way it did it and the kind of vibes that movie has just on the you know the blacktops in california i mean correct me there's there's really nothing else no, that's, like it that's that was my thing it was like innovative it was something that i mean just even me and you discussing and doing my research and, and watching again i mean most of the time even just just taking it off script when you talk about street ball or just whatever you think of new york you think of you know records you think of these um you know, these summer leagues out, 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 out east, but you never think about this hustler aspect. You know, even when you think of just gambling, you think of pool, you think of things that you hustle, but you don't really see that aspect of basketball. So, like I said, it, it, it was it was ahead of its time, and it's still, I don't think it's been touched. I just read um, that I guess it's in the works to be a remake. Um, the Blake Griffin actually is in discussion to finance or produce or something like that, but um yeah how do you feel about that the whole remake thing yeah not a big fan of remakes um me either and this movie i think is would be hard to remake i i don't i don't think you can set it in 2019 and i don't want to see them go back to 92 yeah so it's like unless it's like to me unless it's like a movie that's 50 years old or everyone that saw it originally is now deceased you know like something you watch and you had no idea it was a remake but Something that is still kind of, you know, relevant. You still can kind of watch it. I, I just saw a couple people. Um, actually, I think Joe Thomas and, and, and his, his buddy Hawk, actually, one of their Halloween costumes was a remake of, you know, White Man Can't Jump. Like, it's just iconic with Wesley Snipes with the hat flipped up. Um, it just, I don't know. It's just part of the movie, which is going to get to my other discussion about it, is... It just screams 90s, early 90s, all of it, from music to fashion to even basketball styles was 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 90s, if you will. Yeah, and I don't, I wouldn't like to see them try to recapture that vibe because they, I I think if you were gonna set it in 92 again or set it in the 90s, it would just it feels like it would be trying so hard. And this movie feels really effortless in just how cool it is. It's it's just a super cool movie. Everything about it is is cool. Like I think Blake Griffin has awesome taste for comedy. I think he's like legitimately funny dude. But I don't um you know, I 
I just don't know. Um, I ask when I when I do a normal episode, I ask my guest, you know, is this a Hall of Fame movie, an All Star starter, or a bench warmer? What is this for you? Is it a Hall of Famer or something a little less? See, uh, it's a Hall of Fame. It's a Hall of Fame. It's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, like I said, it's in my top three, top four, top five, just off the top of my head, basketball movies. Um, it just, it, it, like I said, it's just an epic. I don't know too many sports movies that, like I said, became almost like a launching pad that was that big of a deal for the for the um for the actors. And I could be wrong, but at least either they're at the top of it or it's um some unknowns, but it's not like like you said, we had Wesley Snipes and and, and, and Woody Harrelson like kind of beginning their prime to me. And that, that was kinda of cool. You throw in Rosie Perez and there were some other actors in there that I, I forgot about, you know, once I rewatched it that it's kinda of cool to see. Yeah, I mean it's you know and it's super rewatchable. I wish it was on T V more. It's it's one that can translate into TV. I mean, you got to censor some stuff out, but it's one that um that can translate into TV. It's a really rewatchable movie. So you you just laid out your case for why White Man Can't Jump is the the best basketball movie. Lay out for me why is it also the worst basketball movie? I, this is the this is the part I'm much more interested in. Yeah. So so watching it over, I watched it actually twice since uh, in the last two weeks. Basketball itself has changed dramatically. And a lot of times you watch basketball movies like Hoosiers or One Set way back in the day, they weren't trying to revolutionize, like trying to be cooler than they were. Um, White Man Can't Jump, some of the physical basketball moves, you're just like, that's stupid or that's dumb. Like it looks crazy that Wesley Snipes is doing like a 360 layup and and even just like the alley hoops and excessive passes and, just even the smack talking is like, all right, like it's it's not, it's not N one street ball because that's li- clearly a little later. It's not, you know, the Steph Curry pullback, you know, um, uh, James Harden step back threes, but like their basketball skills in this movie is just, it's 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 very unbelievable, if you will, and not just those two, but like all the other guys that were playing or just the the, the shots and and. All those things, like their skill level was just terrible. Their outfits, um, the trash talk. It was very, very, very. Maybe that's how it was in the 90s, but I don't recall because that was the beginning of like gangster, gangster rap. And I know that, you know, for the filmmakers and, and, and to make the money, you don't want to have an R rated movie, but it was like the, the, the crap talking, if you will, was just like at a level two. Um, the whole scene when he's talking about the mom jokes and this and that and going back and forth is like the guy really was ready to like fight the guy just because he said, I think his mom was an astronaut. And I'm like, I don't think anybody in the history of the world has ever got mad about somebody calling their mom an astronaut. Um, Would you agree to this? (laughs) Well, I think so. I think Wesley Snipes' actual basketball playing is the toughest part of the – well, maybe tied for the toughest part of the movie just depending on how you feel about Rosie Perez. I know Rosie Perez is not – for everyone, Rosie Perez is like a cilantro. Some people love her, and other people think she tastes like soap. So I say, I call I, it. Like, I call it sharp cheddar. That's my line. It's like either you love it or you hate <laughs> it, but you definitely have a thought or opinion about sharp cheddar. Yeah. So Wesley Snipes just has, and you kind of you alluded to this, like the his the the moves he's doing on the court. 
I think it's just like a lot of unnecessary movement. I think I it's been a long time since I listened to the the episode we recorded. I, I should have maybe given it a uh, given it a look before we uh, or given a listen before we started. But he does a lot of stuff, like you said, the the weird spin moves, the the layups that don't make sense. Um, and he he talks about going in the wind. He's like, oh, it's so pretty. It's so pretty. It's like, bro, that's weird. Like awkwardly weird. Yeah, and I get like you know he and, and guys playing street hoops and guys playing on the on the playground, especially in the '90s. It's got they've got some style, they've got some edge. Um, there's some trash talk, but like if you're you're hustling, you're playing big money games, and you know like he's counting on this for income to get him and his wife and his kids out of that that shitty motel or whatever he's living in, um, or the apartment complex that he's taking a little bit more serious, not doing the unnecessary spin moves. When he's getting to the hole, he's not going to try to spin around a guy they don't need to spin around and then kind of lob it up. He's going to he's gonna go straight to the hoop and put it off put it off the backboard. He's not going right, to, you know. Right, 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 So th- my biggest thing is Woody Harrell, or uh, Wesley Snipes is doing a lot in this movie. He's doing a lot on the basketball court. And there's, you know, famously, apparently he is not the best athlete because you see – the movie tries to hide a lot of his stuff. Like his shot doesn't look very good, but I tried to pause it at one point to see if it was a double on like a couple of the moves. Like, cause it was like, he, he, it was things he did. that was like back to the basket. You can't see his face. And he's doing these excessive, like movements and things of that sort. Yeah. And they show a lot more of Woody. I think they give Woody Harrelson longer cuts and let him do more because Woody Harrelson can play a little bit. Wesley Snipes, they were clearly working around his his limitations with the ball. So I can see where like and and you notice that in this film, like this film doesn't do a perfect job of hiding him. It hides him for the most part, and it's still really fun. But yeah, he's uh he he's definitely not the best in that shows. I have a question for you about the yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, which is just ironic if he's not a true athlete because then like you, you just said he's coming off of. Play, do a major league, so here he is doing two sports movies in a row, and he's definitely not you know athletic. But shout out to him for being a great actor. Yeah, if you go back to the the podcast, I think it was episode three of this podcast we did major league, and Woody was my pick, or uh, Wesley Snipes was my pick for worst on screen athlete. I love Willie Mays Hayes, I love the character, but. That dude clearly had never swung a baseball bat before. Now he looks like he can absolutely fly in the in the scenes. He looks he looks fast, and I mean, and they help, you know, they help that with the slow mo. But he, uh, yeah, on this and white man, white man can't jump in major league. He's not he's not looking great. I have a question for you about the plot of white man can't jump. My biggest plot hole would knowing the security guard for Jeopardy give you any more give you the ability to get someone on Jeopardy. I don't think that I needed to see how doing that miracle hook shot from half court to get the security guard to get them on the premises for Jeopardy ends up getting Rosie Perez's character on Jeopardy. That's a long stretch. Yeah, so I didn't, of, I, didn't I have a lot, have of, a questions. lot of questions. I didn't have a problem with that, to be honest with you, because it's like if he's security guard and he, he knows what does what on sets and he probably knows how, you know, just, just because maybe the underbelly of what the, the hook people up. My bigger issue though was if he always knew that she wanted to be on there. Why did it wait so? Like, why did they wait so long? 
Like, I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's, you know, the Jeopardy. And looking back, I don't remember money. Like, $2,500 wasn't a lot of money. Because remember, the, the whole thing, that the, and, and I'm kind of going off of uh, on a tangent here, but the prize money, the big prize money was $5,000. They're going to split it in half, $2,500. I don't think that could get, like, the change of life. And I could be wrong. But then, if you remember, Wesley Sipes had a pretty decent job, right? Like selling. He he was doing all sorts of things. He was doing like roofing and plumbing. He was kind of like a contractor. Yeah. So it wasn't like he needed the money per se. I guess I guess they never said he no because he was living in that crappy house. Yeah, it's like that. That money is like it's like a couple months rent on a nicer place or like it helps you get towards a down payment on a house, but that money on its on itself is not going to change your life. But then he pulled up in Mercedes at the end. Remember? Like everyone's like jocking him when he had that, like remember at the, at the end when he's like, has a, and uh, Woody Hills, character like comes up to him and he's like, all right, like his new car and everything. So I'm like, I just wonder like 2,500 wasn't like, the end all be well i guess it was five he had the total five because he beat him out of it but still it just seemed like his whole fortune changed after he won one game and i, I understand him the 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 plot of the movie trying to make one person you know successful and one person down in the dumps but it just seemed like that was extreme but um even the jeopardy Je- excuse me the jeopardy aspect was like i think she won fourteen thousand, which is not bad but after taxes et cetera, et cetera. um i don't know yeah, no, they, a lot of not not sure how the uh, they should have explained a little more where that money went and how that how that changed uh, changed their lives. Rotten Tomatoes gives White Man Can't Jump a seventy six percent. What would you give it? So here's my question. Mm-hmm. I'm answering a question with a question, which you should never do. But am I rating it now or am I rating it then? You give me both, actually. Now I would give it a four. Oh. Then I would give it a nine. Okay, okay, so like a 40. Because Rotten Tomatoes goes out of 100. Okay, so 40 and, and 92, you give it a 90. Yeah. Like I said, the fact that okay. we're still talking about it, this fact is still relevant. The fact that anybody, I think, 30 and up, even if you, you remember the name, you know the characters. Like I said, it was an epic time. Like To me, if you can change... The course of, of if you talk about basketball movies, I guarantee you nine out of ten people will mention it. And I would you agree to that? Oh yeah, it's definitely one of the most most known. And segueing into that, I want to ask you, what are your five quick rundown? What are your five favorite basketball movies? Maybe your most rewatchable basketball movies. Maybe not like the best, because like this this one, I I don't know if you would consider it like your best best. But what what are your five most rewatchable basketball? Movies? I got Hoosiers. I got Hoosiers number one. Um, and the rest are okay. Be, the rest are gonna be kind of overplayed. Number two would be um, actually yeah. Number two would be Space Jam. Oh, I love Space Jam, the classic. Yeah. Number three would be White Man Can't Jump. Can't argue with it. Number four, what was the one is uh, with Kadeem Hardison, and he's like his brother marlon wayans or something somebody dies and he's like a ghost and and oh is that is that no that's not celtic pride like sixth man yeah yeah, six man six man yep is is that it and then i'm going it's between sunset park air bud or what was the one with little bow wow with the shoes um that was like mike yeah or like mike or like mike i'll put like mike there 
So my the the thing that I see that is notable that you're omitting is Coach Carter, which might be a top three basketball movie for me. I love Coach Carter. Wasn't I see? I'm not a. I'm not a. Uh, what What did you like about it? I love one. I love the story. I think it felt a little more real than like I. I, I like a lot about Hoosiers. Coach Carter felt a little more, it was a little more raw to me. I thought the basketball action in that movie is awesome. I think it looks really good. Um, I love Samuel L. Jackson. I think he's awesome. Like, I think he's great in that movie. I think Samuel L. and his, like, his candor, how he delivers lines, his intensity makes perfect for a high school basketball coach. Um, I like that, spoiler alert, they lose in the end. Uh, I think that's, I think that's good. I think one of the most important things about sports in general, if we're just getting into like a, what's good about sports tangent is dealing with failure and the, the, I don't know. I haven't done, cause I haven't covered coach Carter yet. I haven't done the research of how the story actually stacks up, but I love the, the line at the end. That's like, they didn't win the state title, but they did get these scholarships and you show how sports and how a coach improved the lives of of a certain group of guys, which I really, which I really like. So, Coach Carter makes me feel good, um, and it, it's fun, good basketball action. So I'm a big Coach Carter guy. See, I might, I might. Uh, you said five because I just while you were talking, I just thought of literally two more. Uh, coach Carter being one of, them, of course, as you mentioned it. But I got a spoiler alert for me or or, or breaking news. I got to put Team Wolf in my top five. Oh man, that that might be the hotter take than White Man Can't Jump is the the worst and best basketball. I movie. gotta put Team Wolf like that. First of all, the, ooh, like ah, like I want to go watch it now. Like Team Wolf, the, the premise, the 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 whole like Michael J. Fox, like the young, he's he's still on a uh, still on the TV show. Uh, what was the show? I, it was my favorite show. He's was it actor. Family Matters or? Um, geez, no, I'm drawing a blank here. It was uh. Anyway, um, Family Ties, Family Ties, Family Ties, Family um, Ties. That was like for me at the time was classic. I forgot, of course, Blue Chips. Oh, oh shit! I don't know how I didn't how I didn't say blue chips. I I always I stand so hard for blue chips. Blue chips was amazing. Like it's yeah. I'm 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 putting those. I'm going top eight. I'm putting those in my top eight. But it's Shaq and Penny preserved in time for us. Yeah, yeah, and it's still relevant to this day. If you think about it, what's going on with college basketball and things of that sort, recruitment. Like it 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 actually stood up. Um, literally, what's going on with Penny? Yeah, Penny himself. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about it. That. Is uh, yeah. I love I love blue chips. Uh, covered that. I think episode fifteen or sixteen. So if uh, if you haven't listened to that one, folks, go check that one out. My last thing for you: would you would you change White Man Can't Jump at all if you were going back to ninety two and you could change it? Would you change anything about the movie, or would you kind of leave it as is? Um, I would have. I don't know if it throws it off. But the reason why I liked, only actually thing I liked about um, Uncle Drew, the only thing I liked about Uncle Drew was I liked the element of real basketball players. I would have had, like, to me the whole time, not only was I watching Wesley Snipes, not be able to, I didn't believe he was a basketball player, but then the extras, Kadeem Hardison and, and Dwayne Martin and some other guys that were basketball players, it was like kind of the cameos of the basketball players of 
Uncle Drew and Space Jams and stuff like that kind of made it cool. I just would have made it a little bit more believable. Um, we didn't even talk about the thugs that were robbing um, or trying to get their money back from Woody Harrelson's character. It was like, these guys were like not thuggish at all. He's literally running. He's not afraid to go play as a token white guy on these basketball courts in, in mean streets of L.A. But yet he's running from three guys who like have pleated pants and is running down alleys to go get them. Um, and he gives up the hustle so quickly. Yeah, yeah. What he, when when Raymond pulls out that pulls out his knife or whatever or, or just says he's gonna go get his gun, Woody Harrelson no yeah he pulls out the knife and Woody Harrelson gives up the hustle so quick, he just just chicken shit just right away like Sydney this guy's got a knife, yeah like, come on man right come but on. he wasn't but he wasn't scared to play like like to me being somebody who's played basketball like street ball and is, you know pulled up on places I've never been like that's scary to like. You know what I mean? Like just being a new kid on a on a blacktop is scary enough, and then here he is like trying to hustle these people. Like it just I don't know that the, the, to me it felt a little rushed the story. But all in all, I think if it was done again in '92, cool. If it's a remake, you got to make it a little bit more. Um, maybe put some internet in there as far as you know. I don't know um, Twitter or just using social media to kind of make it. I thought not to get off subject, but I think that's what they did really really good to me with Karate Kid. Um, in the remake, because it wasn't like just a remake to remake. It was elements of um, things that you thought was kind of cool and it made it to today's time. So, um, or just, I wouldn't even, I don't know. I'm not a remake guy, so. Yeah, I just hope if they do remake it, I think they, they need to set it in 2019 and find a different spin on it. If they try to go back to 92 and straight up recreate it, it's going to suck. Yeah. I feel I feel very comfortable in saying that it is gonna suck if they try to bring it back to ninety two. They'll either go try to go like too nostalgic with it, or they just won't capture the capture the vibes right. I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. Well, Ricky, thank you so much for coming on Real Debates, breaking down your white man can't jump takes. I hope to have you on again. Tell the folks again where they can follow you on social media, where they can check out your podcast and your nonprofit. Yeah, uh, my Twitter handles and everything is Rick Onia, like Outcast Stink Onia, but. Ricky, so that's R-I-C-K-O-N-I-A. Um, that's my Twitter handle, my Facebook, uh, also my Instagram, Random Acts of Podcasting. Like you said, Blue Wire Network, we are brothers in that. Um, but all my social media are there, Random Acts of Kindness everywhere. Rake, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as well. But I appreciate you, huge fan. And thanks for having me on, man. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan, and I'm going to actually go back and listen to the uh, original uh, White Man Can't Jump podcast. Of course, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for taking the time. As always, make sure you subscribe, rate, review. You can catch episodes every Monday. Next Monday, we're starting DCOM December. Uh, So definitely check that out if you're a Disney Channel original movie person. And we will catch you next Monday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.